Oh, Archer with Silver Bow, who shelters Crazy and Holy Scylla, and governs Tenedos. Not long ago, you listened when I prayed, and made, and you made the Greek army pay for my sorrow. Today, I pray you grant another wish, and lift the deadly plague that scourges the Greeks. That's right. Apparently, my old man voice is slightly Irish. Something for me to work on. Um, you're listening to Lessons from the Lore, and we're still in book one of the Iliad. We're talking about now the first time like a proper sacrifice is done in the text of the book, and obviously a lot we have a lot of questions about how it's done, but it's the first record in the Iliad of a sacrifice being performed. And I think that falls pretty clearly under my current charter of interactions between mortals and immortals. So, before we talk about that, I would like to address Proserpina and Apollo. Proserpina, seated now next to your husband in the underworld. You, who move between the realms. You bringer of spring. You at whose coming all of creation burst joyously into life. I ask you to hear my words, to carry my words to my ancestors and your kingdom, that they might stand by me and yet also to carry my words to Apollo, seated on Olympus, god of light and song. Apollo, you who sing for the gods, you whose lips drip honey, gild now also my tongue, that together you and I might say something worth listening to. Proserpina, Apollo, accept my offering. Um, I'm kind of excited. I've been silent for a while. I think nobody knows that but me. But this is a bit that I've been doing some research on, and I'm kind of... I'm... I'm of two minds about this, because one of the big parts of my own personal paganism is trying to get away from the culture of excess, trying to come back to the idea of moving lightly about the surface of the earth, taking no more than I need. And this is a sacrifice in which I think it can be said excess is celebrated. Um, reading here. From Herbert Jordan's translation of the Iliad, book one, starting on line 446. Here's what we have in the text. 
Odysseus gave him her hand, and the priest embraced his daughter while the oarsmen arranged the beasts around the sacred altar, one by one, then washed their hands and scooped up barley grains. Chryses lifted his arms and prayed aloud, O archer with silver bow, who shelters Chryse and holy Scylla and governs Tenedos, not long ago... You listened when I prayed, and you made the Greek army pay for my sorrow. Today, I pray you grant another wish, and lift the deadly plague that scourges the Greeks. That was his prayer, and Phoebus Apollo heard. The Greeks then prayed, scattered the barley grains, slit the animals' throats, stripped their skins, cut off and covered their thighs with savory fat, two layers thick, then consecrated the flesh. The priest burned the thighs, wine-soaked over split wood, while younger men waited with five-pronged forks. After the thighs burned, the men tasted entrails, then carved and spitted the other cuts of meat, and roasted the pieces under watchful eyes. Tasked finished, the company laid a banquet and feasted, not a man without his share. When all had quenched desire for food and drink, youths tempered mirthful wine in mixing bowls and passed the cups around. The men poured libations, then danced the rest of the day to soothe Apollo. Younger Achaeans sang melodious paeans that pleased the attentive, far-shooting god. So first, um, my like first takeaway is I think I could have enjoyed that kind of sacrifice. I've never tasted entrails, but the rest of it sounds pretty good. Even the dancing, which I'm not good at, but give it a try. And like I said, every time I come to that, I kind of like, I think recoil is the right word. I recoil from this description of excess and of not wastefulness, but of this is like a feast that is entirely meat. And I like I grew up meat eating and I still eat meat. But I'm one of those like weirdly eco-converts to the idea that we should eat as little meat as possible because of all the resources that go into meat production and the environmental impact and oh it goes on and on. And so the idea that a sacrifice should be like so Apologies to Apollo, but I guess wasteful is the best word I have. That's hard for me. And so, I did that weaselly thing that people do when they're unhappy with what they find. I started Googling, you know, the historical Greek diet. And what I found was first, nothing concrete, at least not on my level of Google searching. And second, primarily the idea that Meat was an amazing luxury, that the average Greek meal was completely plant-based, so yay for the environment there. And second, that only at things like this, at these you know big sacrifices or weddings, was fresh meat even provided, because for any Greek of, this, of my social class, which is to say pretty far down, like the closest you came to meat was prepared meats like sausages. And... You know, all of this was valued entirely for its nutritional value. 
as opposed to like gourmet is getting out there and talking about the best way to grill and smoke and and that kind of quieted my my thinking some because what I've taken from that is that one I can reinforce my own belief which is you know always what you want to do I can reinforce my own belief that I should walk lightly on the earth and I can challenge myself to say there's nothing wrong with a celebration if strengthening this relationship to a god is at the center of it. I would be willing to go so far as to say if strengthening any relationships at the center of it, I'm not gonna fault I'm not gonna fault anybody for anything. But I wouldn't fault myself for a big dinner with family if we really sat around and enjoyed each other's company. I fault myself when I'm frustrated, when I've had a bad day and I come home and I can eat an entire block of gouda cheese, which is, you know, you heard me talking about all that. And so if anything, I'm, I'm like dedicating energy and resources and I'm basically sacrificing to my own dissatisfaction. Uh, the text does not say like anything particular about Apollo's personal reaction or how he feels about this or that. But I think it's important for me to note that this wasn't a sacrifice to Apollo and this was eating with a god and I'm still really struggling with this idea of I give that you might give. This It's not easy for me because I think I grew up in this feeling of gifts should be enforced. And the idea that I, someone would give me a gift and then say, Toby, this is for you. And I'd say, great, I love it. And they'd say, oh, by the way, I want that other thing of equal value from you. It's just... Ah. Oh, I don't like the feeling of it. However, I don't think that a relationship in which I'm immortal and I'm approaching an immortal gets to be about how I feel about it. Like, if that's the way things are done, that's the way things are done. I'm a mortal, and I would not approach a policeman and say, I'm not really comfortable with a level of power distance between us. I'm going to speak to you as an equal. I'm not comfortable with that level of power distance, and I generally avoid policemen. But I, I think my takeaway is, this is how things are done. I have to take my sacrifices seriously. I have to accept that building a relationship means giving and expecting gifts in return. And that... The place, um, and that excess is an investment. That the places where I choose to place my excess resources are strengthened in my life. And if that is I drink because I had a bad day, then I'm strengthening that level of dissatisfaction or that sense of a miserable life. Whereas, if I don't drink because I had a bad day, and instead, 
later share some whiskey with my ancestors, with Proserpina, and celebrate the strength that they have given me to deal with a bad day, I can strengthen that relationship which is carrying me through a lot of stuff. And I don't feel like that's a completely formed thought. I don't feel like that's something I would ever tell someone else to do. However, it is, I think, a pretty solid description of where I am now and the things I want to do now as I try to strengthen my own relationships to God's. Alrighty. Um, if you're listening, I'm grateful. You're welcome to tell me you're listening at druidtoby at gmail.com. And until next time, blessed be. Proserpina, I thank you for standing by me as I did my best to express something that was hard for me. I'm grateful for the strength that you have given me, for the wisdom you have shared in omens. Apollo, seated on Olympus, god of light and music, if anything I said today was intelligible, I'm not so immodest to think that it was my work. I'm grateful for your assistance. So be it.